So as we begin this morning, I would like to encourage you, if you would, to open your Bibles, and I'd like you to open them to book book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be today. We're going to be reading the words of Jesus. If you have the Bible app, the YouVersion Bible app, you click event, look for Kermansville Alliance, you'll find the uh, Bible text and some outline information on there as well that may be helpful to you. You know that we're talking these days about lids, things that sit on top of us, like a lid sitting on a pot that prevents us from arising to the places that God might have in in mind for us to arise to. More precisely, what lids do is they prevent us from being who God wants us to be. And that's who I want to be. I want to be the person that God wants me to be. I really don't want to be anything other than that. But lids can keep that from happening. We've talked about half a dozen lids in this series. We talked about the lid of nearsightedness, where you only see what's right in front of you and you're not paying attention to what God might have for you ahead of time or ahead in the distance. We talked about the lid of rearsightedness, where you're thinking about the past all the time and remembering the good old days and filled with nostalgia to the, to the elimination of knowing what's happening now and what God might have ahead. We talked as well about covetousness, how that can be a lid, and arrogance, how that can be a lid. We talked about indecision, indecisiveness. And last week, we talked about complacency and how complacency can keep us from being the person that God has in mind for us to be. Today's lid is the lid of hypocrisy. And there are many different kinds of hypocrisy. You might think of it in one shade or another, but there are really three kinds that stand out. One of them is just the double standard hypocrisy. Everybody knows what that is. That's when your dad said, you only get one piece of pie, and you watch him take two, and you're like, wait a minute, how is that fair, right? The double standard hypocrisy. We tell our children to respect their elders. Uh, how are we doing personally at that kind of thing? Another kind of hypocrisy is the person who pretends to be something he is not. He pretends to be holy. He pretends to be on, on his game, to be moral, to have this high moral standard. And then some news comes out, and you're like, wait a minute, what was that? What was that? And that's the second kind of hypocrisy. A third kind of hypocrisy is engaging in moral duplicity. Here, here's what that means. It means that you pretend to have honorable intentions, but actually uh, you have a completely different motive in mind. Now, each of us struggle with these things. I struggle with these things, all three of them. My favorite kind is the moral duplicity kind, where I pretend that I'm doing this for one reason, but I'm really doing it for another reason. For example, the dishes. Anytime I do the dishes at home, I always leave the empty dish drainer in the sink. Do you know why I do that? I do that so that my wife knows that I did the dishes. I mean, if the, if the, if the cabinet is just empty, the countertop is empty, she might not notice. She might think, oh yeah, I already did those, but I want her to know I did them, and she never leaves that dish drainer there. And so I'm kind of looking like this person who takes part in the chores in the household, and I'm the good husband who recognizes we share in the workload, but I have this other motive. I have this motive that my wife will think, he is such a good husband. I think I'll bake him a blueberry pie. (laughs) That's what I'm looking for right there, right? Now that's a really trivial example. But you've seen it when it's more serious, when people pretend they're doing something, but they have something else, something very selfish in mind. Do you ever struggle with being hypocritical? If you say no, I'm a little bit skeptical. And if you're sitting there saying, I'm really glad he's preaching on hypocrisy, I hope my husband's listening, I'm a little skeptical as well. Maybe maybe this sermon is for you, if you're saying that kind of thing. Because we almost all have troubles with hypocrisy. And Jesus actually warns about it. 
in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to read half a dozen verses and watch him do that. Matthew 6, starting at verse 1, Jesus is speaking and he says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received a reward in full. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. And then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Now, if there is a key phrase to these six verses, it might be that which is found in verse 5. The second part of verse 5, these six words, do not be like the hypocrites. Do not be like the hypocrites. Because if you are, you will never be who God wants you to be. Now, you might be thinking the lid of hypocrisy. I don't know how this is exactly a lid. How does that keep me from being who God wants me to be? I mean, What's so bad about wanting other people to notice what I've done? What's so bad about every now and then a little, you know, white lie that I'm I'm doing this when I'm not really doing it? Or what about the double standard? Is it really that bad? I want to say to you that it is. It was one of Jesus' big issues, one of the things he spoke about most frequently. But why? Why is it a lid? And I think one reason is because hypocrisy makes you look better than you are, not just to others, but even to yourself. And I mean, we all want to look better than we are. We want to be admired. And who doesn't admire people like Mother Teresa and Billy Graham? We think of those as icons. And wouldn't it be nice to have a little bit of that in our life, to just a little bit of affirmation and maybe a few compliments and and, and admiration? Yeah, it'd be kind of nice to be thought of that way. And so as we maybe pursue being thought of that way, it's easy to fall in love with the feeling that comes with being admired and affirmed. It's very easy to fall in love, so to speak, with our own press, (laughs) with the things we're saying about ourselves, with the hype that we create about ourselves, and we begin to believe we're better than we are. Look, if you believe you're better than you really are, then you will not know where to begin on any track of spiritual growth. That's worth saying again. Listen to it carefully. If you believe you are better than you really are, then you will not know where to begin on any track of spiritual growth because you won't know your starting place and you'll be stuck under this lid of hypocrisy. There's another reason hypocrisy is a lid. It's because it steals glory that actually belongs to God. How do you feel when someone takes credit for something that was your idea? Um, Like it happens in families. Like I'll say to my wife, hey, I know where we should go on vacation. She'll say, what are you thinking? I think we should go see my daughter, our daughter, in London. Let's go there. And my wife will say, you know, I have been saying this for the past six weeks. True story, really happened, Steve Shields. Yeah. And she's like, I've been saying this. And I'm like, no, it was my idea. I came up with this. And, you know, in a family, it's pretty trivial. But how's that feel in a workplace? 
I mean, when you come up with an idea at work and somebody else takes credit for you, especially takes credit for it, especially before the boss, that becomes a problem and it kind of can tick you off. And maybe it should because it kind of ticks God off too. Right in the Ten Commandments. As God is laying those out, he says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And then in Isaiah, he says, I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. He doesn't want you to take credit for the things that he has done. He doesn't like that. You see, if your life is not positioned so that honoring God is a top priority, then you will never be the person God has in mind for you to be. You might have the right house. You might have the right job. You might have the right look. You might have the right vacation scheduled. You might have the right vehicles. You might have the right grades, the right friends, the right wife, the right boyfriend, the right kids, the right everything. But there will be a lid on top of your head to keep you from being who God wants you to be as long as you are not giving him the glory for all that you have and all that you are and all that you can do. And you're sealing his glory. Glory that rightly belongs to him, pretending that it's your own. And that's a lid. I have a third reason hypocrisy is a lid or how it shows up as a lid. It actually, it denies you your reward from God. And Jesus says it right in the passage. He says, when we seek credit for the good things we've done from people, we want people to give us the honor for that. We get our reward from those people instead of getting it from God. Verse 2, it's right in the text that's open before you. He says, so when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. So if you seek your reward among people, that's where you get it. And you don't get that reward in heaven. Let me give you a pro tip, okay? (laughs) If you have a choice of being rewarded by God or by mere human beings, choose the former not the latter. And that'll blow the lid right off your lid, right off your head. (laughs) Let's talk for a minute about what hypocrisy might look like. What does it look like? And, And all of these are issues of showcasing. It is showcasing your good deeds. And you see that in verse one, you see it in verse three and four, but right at the very start of the passage, Jesus says in chapter six, verse one, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. This is Jesus' key thought here. You can showcase your good deeds by helping the poor, or you can help the poor without doing any showcasing of that. You can showcase your good deeds by looking after the sick, or you can look after the sick without anybody knowing except the sick. You can showcase your good deeds by giving to a ministry in front of everyone so they see it, or you can showcase without anyone knowing. Sorry, you can give without anyone knowing. Follow the thinking there? Naturally, Jesus says it best. Look at verse 3. He says, but when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What a great aphorism. Remember what that word aphorism means? It's a figure of speech that is incredibly meaningful. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you do it any other way, it's a lid. Showcasing. It's a lid. Showcasing your good deeds, showcasing your spirituality. And there are a lot of ways to do this. 
as I'm talking about these, you might kind of say, I kind of do that sometimes. Because as I was writing them down, I'm like, I kind of do this sometimes. You know, you casually point out to people how much of the Bible you read. You don't, you don't do it this way. You don't do it like past five years, I've read the Bible through backwards every year, you know. You're not that guy, right? But you're kind of like, oh, in my Bible reading, you know, I'm doing three plans on version now. And the second plan is about, and what, what, what have I done there if I've done that? I think maybe I'm showcasing my spirituality. Here's one. <laughs> wow, and I used to do this all the time. I'd listen to a podcast, or I'd hear a sermon, or I'd read a book, or I'd be in church while we're on vacationing, and the pastor would say something, and on the way home, I'm like, you know, he took that verse out of context. That's not what it means at all. What it really means is this, showcasing my Bible knowledge and my spirituality. Jesus, as he's talking about showcasing your spirituality, addresses the issue of prayers. And that's where he says in verse 5, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Well, what are they like, Jesus? They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Hmm. Can you see the lid? Showing off your spirituality. Don't use your devotional time. Don't use your biblical knowledge. Don't use your articulate communicative abilities in prayer to show off. Rather, use them to connect with God. They are huge blessings to you personally to allow you to connect with him in a meaningful relationship. Use these tools as Jesus says to use them in verse 6 when he says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen, and then your father who sees what's done in secret, he'll reward you. No lid. No lid. If you find yourself showcasing your spirituality, this may be a lid. Here's a third way that it shows up. Showcasing your sacrifice. Announcing it with trumpets. That's what the text says, what Jesus says. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? But we do it in more subtle ways than that. Decades ago, there was a gentleman who I asked him if he would do this ministry in church. He was exactly the right person to do it. He was the only person that would do it. And if the church was to move forward, he needed to step up and do it. And when I said, would you do this ministry? Would you do this ministry? He said, I'll do it but I want you to know you're asking me to do a big sacrifice. Huh. Wow, okay, what, what do you want me to do? He seemed kind of indignant, telling me I'm sacrificing and you should be thankful, and you should let the church know that I'm sacrificing so they can be thankful. He wanted everyone to know that. It was an inconvenience, and it was a pretty small sacrifice, honestly. But he wanted everyone to know he did it, and he was under a lid. I haven't seen him in years, but I can tell you this. If he didn't get rid of that lid, he is not the person that God wants him to be. God loves a cheerful giver. That's what God's looking for in us. That's what this lid looks like. How do I get rid of it? How do you remove this lid? First, first, let me ask you to make it your desire to please God. This is the desire of your heart, that God would be happy, that he would be pleased. This is the goal in your life. You know, honestly, by default, the goal in my life is to give pleasure to myself. Even when I do the dishes, it's so I might get a blueberry pie later, right? That's the default setting on all of us. We're all set to give pleasure to ourselves or even maybe to other people because we can see they're happy about it and maybe they'll respond in kind. But but that's not what I want you to be looking for. If you want to get rid of this lid of hypocrisy, make it your desire to do 
to experience what the last part of verse 4 speaks of. When it says, and then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's what I want to want. (laughs) His reward. My heart's desire, more than anything else in the world, is to hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear those words more than I want to hear my wife say, you were right, I was wrong. I want to hear those words. Well done, good and faithful servant. If you want to get rid of the lid of hypocrisy, then every other desire you have in your life has to be, has to be beneath this desire to please God and to make him happy. Make that your paramount desire. Here's a second way to remove this lid. Make it your practice to avoid personal recognition. Now, let me be real clear. I'm not saying you should deny people the opportunity to thank you. I've had people when I've said things like, Drew, I want to say thanks for the worship this morning. You did a good job. Drew doesn't do this, but I have people say, don't tell me thank you, pastor. That takes my reward away before God. How selfish, right? (laughs) I want the better reward, pastor. Okay, Kind of silly, isn't it? So I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you should deny people the opportunity to thank you. And if someone wants to honor you by giving you a gift or presenting you with something or just saying, just just acknowledging you and what you've done to change, let them do that. Because as they do that, other people looking on may look at your life and find inspiration in it to behave in like manner. But don't seek that. Don't seek recognition. Jesus says in verse 3, when you give to the needy, Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. If you want to remove this lid of hypocrisy, you would do well to make it your habit to avoid seeking recognition. So make your number one desire to please God. Make it your practice to avoid seeking personal recognition. Number three, make your faith a genuine relationship. We talk about this all the time, that our faith is a relationship with God. We talk about how I have a personal relationship with God, but do we talk about what that means? I mean, what does it mean to have a personal relationship with God? When was the last time you had that spelled out to you? Or when did anyone ever spell that out to you? Or could you spell that out to someone else? What is your personal relationship with God like? I can tell you what my personal relationship with my elders is like. I can tell you what my personal relationship with my worship team is like. I can tell you what my personal relationship with my wife or my children is like. What does it mean to have a personal relationship with God? Well, a number of things. First, it means what that old hymn you hear it at funerals sometimes in the garden says. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. By the way, that's not exactly right. Anyone who chooses to have a relationship with God through Christ's death on the cross on their behalf, they know that very same joy. It's available to anyone who comes to him. It's a relationship where you walk with him and you talk with him. So as you're choosing things to watch on television, or as you're grocery shopping, or as you're dealing with someone, a clerk that's not cooperating, or as you're you're loving your grandchildren, or whatever it is that you're doing, in your mind you have God at your side interacting with you, his spirit inside of you, speaking to you, helping you. It's a relationship where you interact with him. It's a relationship where you trust his love. 
you know, we understand that the scripture says Christ died for sin once for all to bring you to God. And we understand that we were objects of God's wrath, but through Christ, we're objects of his grace, grace and no longer subject to his wrath. We get that. But sometimes when we understand that, then we begin to see Jesus as kind of a means to an end, kind of our fire insurance. Like I went ahead and I put my trust in Jesus. I said the prayer and now I'm good. Whenever I die, I'll see him then. But that is not what having a relationship with God is about. And if that is all my relationship with God is about, hypocrisy will be just commonplace in my life. But when I recognize that I can trust his love, not just for eternity, but for the everyday that I can trust him when I'm, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm facing a virus. That I can trust him when I've made a bad financial decision. That I can trust him when there's a big challenge in my life. That I can trust him when my retirement numbers say, you can retire when you're 110 years old, Steve. I trust him in all those things. And I say to him, give me your sense of peace, God. Give me your closeness. Be here with me. That's a relationship when you have that kind of trust, when you're living in that kind of relationship, hypocrisy seems to fall aside. The relationship is where you choose as well to be obedient, where you choose to follow him, to listen to him. When he has things to say to you, you, you fall in line with him. And when, even when you don't understand, you believe what he has to say. You see, if your faith is a genuine relationship with God, then you won't be quite as tempted to want to showcase your good deeds or to showcase your spirituality or to showcase your sacrifice. You'll be doing the good things not for yourself, but you'll be doing them to honor God. And he is the only one whose opinion matters. And you'll be saying your prayers to communicate with God, and he's really the only one who's listening attentively and can act on them. And you'll be... (laughs) you'll be making your sacrifices and he'll know because he's the one you're making them to. And you'll be free of this lid of hypocrisy. The lid of hypocrisy comes out in different ways. It comes out through the double standard. It comes out through pretending moral standards. It comes out through duplicity. You know what those have in common? Practicing a double standard and pretending good moral standards and engaging in moral duplicity. Here's what they have in common. They prevent you from becoming the person that God has in mind for you to become. So I want to pray you can be free of them. I want to pray those lids would not characterize your life. I want to pray that you would make it your desire to please God. That you would make it your practice to avoid seeking personal recognition. And that you would make your faith a genuine relationship. So if you'd like to pray with me to that end, let's stand together and we'll pray. Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Father in heaven, we are thankful. We are thankful for your interest in our lives. We are thankful that you care about us on the inside, not just on the outside. We are thankful, Holy Spirit, that you can see our motives and you can see why we're behaving and the way we're behaving. I would ask you, Father, that we might be able to discern those things by the power of your Spirit. And that we would, indeed, make it our desire to please you. And when we're allowing that to be diluted somehow through hypocrisy, that, that you would speak to us about that so that we could make that pure and holy desire, just wanting to hear from you, well done, good and faithful servant. I pray that we would be able to make it our practice to avoid seeking 
personal recognition, but rather that we would make it our practice to do things because they're the right thing to do and because you would be honored. Pray that our faith would be a genuine relationship so there'd be no need for pretending, but there'd be genuine interaction with you. We pray these things with a sense of confidence because these are the things we know that you want in our life. Often, God, you hear people say, we hear people say that I don't know what God's will is, so I don't know how to pray according to God's will. That's not an issue here. We know it is your will that we would shed any skin of hypocrisy, any lid of hypocrisy would be taken off of us. Make it happen by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen.